Welcome to the Reality Taboo Podcast, where no topic is off limits. It's December 16th, 2023. I'm Jeff. Joining me is my co-host, Ness. Today we're discussing the 2024 American presidential election. We'll start with the latest polling data and go from there. The polling indicates that Trump is going to win this thing. Is that possible, Ness? Anything's possible. I should preface my remarks by stating that I think there is no chance that Trump will be allowed to assume the presidency in 2024, whether that be by removing it from the ballot, by shenanigans at the RNC convention, uh, throwing him in jail, JFKing him, poisoning him, whatever the case might be. I, I think the insult that that would be, the humiliation that would be to the power structure to allow this person who has been demonized relentlessly for a decade now to, despite all of that, have a Nixon-like return to the presidency is something that will not be tolerated. That said, despite what you will hear people say, the polling is quite accurate. It has been quite accurate in presidential elections really going all the way back through, at at least modern polling, through the 2000s to today. The polls have been accurate. There has been a bit of a Democrat premium in polling relative to actual results, but it's on the order of a couple of points. In 2016, when the markets famously predicted that Hillary Clinton was at a 95, 98% chance of winning. The RCP average the week of the election had Hillary Clinton winning by 3.2 points nationally, and she ended up winning by 2.1. So there was a hidden Trump vote of a little over 1%. In 2020, the situation was similar. The polling averages had Biden winning by 7.2 points. And the way the official results were ultimately tallied had him winning by 4.5. So there is a slight Democratic edge in polling. There are a lot of different things we could potentially attribute that to. Is it the shy Trump voter effect? Is it is it oversampling of Democrats, undersampling of Republicans, oversampling of, of independents that lean liberal or a lean Democrat? Uh, but whatever the case is, the polling gives a, a pretty good indication of where the ultimate electoral results are going to be at the time that the polling is conducted. Again, we add a couple points to, to Republicans and I think we have a pretty accurate assessment of where we are at the time. And if we look at current polling shows Trump winning by 3.1 points. So if we give him that two or three point premium that we saw in 2016 and 2020, we're looking at a real Trump edge at this point in time of five points, which it is going to translate into not only an electoral college victory but also a popular vote victory and if it plays out that way which again i don't think it's going to be allowed to if it plays out that way that will be only the second time since the turn of the 
the century, since the turn of the millennia, that there has been a Republican president that's received a majority of the popular vote. The other instance being 2004 when Bush beat Kerry. So you think that these polls are accurate and that they're worth paying attention to, which is somewhat surprising to me. I've gotten to the point where I dismiss polls like this, but you're saying they're actually worthwhile. Yeah, they, they have predictive power. We talked about what the averages were and what the results were, particularly in 2016. There was so much, there was this unjustified error of inevitability about Hillary Clinton's win when polling was showing that she's going to win by like three points. And uh, to get a little autistic about it, the polling at the eagle's eye level tends to be more accurate than like the worm's eye view. And what I mean by that is the national polling tends to be more accurate than the state level polling. And within state level polling, the, the swing states that polling tends to be more accurate. The lopsided states, the deep blue and deep red states, tend to be less accurate. Particularly red states tend to, the polling tends to understate the margin of Republican victory in deep red states and underestimate the margin of Democratic victory in blue states. So basically, the states that don't really matter, the solid blue or the solid red, are the least accurate. Correct. But the swing states and the, and the national level polling does tend to be accurate, again, within a couple of points. So the polling indicates that Trump is going to win this thing pretty comfortably. Um, how do you square that with uh, your confidence that he will not be allowed to be sworn in as president? in January 2025. We look at the swing states, which are going to be the ones that determine the election. They're all controlled by Democrats. In Pennsylvania, the Secretary of State is a Republican, but he's appointed by a Democratic governor because they have this uh, split governmental structure where the governor's office is not the same as the Secretary of State, so if it was a Republican in the governorship, then the Secretary of State would be a Democrat, but this guy's already said uh, that in 2020 there was absolutely nothing fishy about any of the election results. It was all on the up and up. He's already signaled clearly that whatever the results that need to be certified are, he will certify them without any pushback. And then in Wisconsin and in Michigan and Minnesota and Nevada and all of these swing states, the Secretary of States are all Democrats. So these are going to be the people who are going to have to sign off on the Electoral College votes going to Trump and reinstalling him in the presidency in January 2025. And as we alluded to earlier, I just don't think that there's any chance that that's going to be permitted to happen because it is such a humiliation to the entire system. There was egg on the face to put it mildly in 2016 the system was shored up in 2020 and it's i think we could presume it's, it's even stronger now the immune system is even stronger now in 2024 than it was in 2020 there are many different avenues they could take to stop trump uh, i think at all stages you see the obviously all the criminal case civil and criminal cases that are working their way through the system now um there is actually a lawsuit in Colorado. I don't know what stage it's at at this point, but um, trying to use the 14th Amendment insurrection clause 
to say that Trump is disqualified from running because he led an insurrection against the government. There's all kinds of, of ways that they, along every step of the process, uh, they could potentially disqualify him from even being on the ballot in the first place. If they can't do that, you're saying then he's allowed on the, the ballot and he actually wins. Then there's uh, procedural things that each state could do to stop him from actually being certified and being sworn in. It could get to that point. I don't think he will be presented as the winner, irrespective of whether or not he gets more votes in, say, Pennsylvania or Wisconsin than Biden does. I don't think it will ever be reported that he received more votes in Pennsylvania or Wisconsin than Biden. But there are, as you referred to, there are a lot of different potential pressure points along the way. We can get lost in the procedure and kind of miss the bigger picture, which is one of those procedural points is going to to trip him up and have him removed from the running. You also looked at the betting markets. How do you feel like those um, line up with the polling data? Does the do the betting markets contradict what the polling data says, or uh, is it harmo- are they harmonious? Do they contradict each other? What what are your thoughts on that? The betting markets tend to follow the polling results pretty closely. Currently, it's close to a coin flip on what the outcome of the 2024 presidential election is going to be. That indicates to me that there is some hesitancy on the part of the smart money to either one, believe that the polling will hold up, not that it's necessarily inaccurate now, but that that might not change in the next seven, eight, nine months when the full court press from the prosecutions of Trump and the legal problems and those other issues pile up. Uh, It could also indicate that more conspiratorially that the smart money just believes that he will not be allowed to assume the presidency irrespective of what the polling shows. So it's Biden. Four more years of of this old, sad, demented man. Yes, a vegetable for another four years. Because there isn't any way it could be otherwise unless it's going to be Kamala Harris. Biden has the black vote. There's no way that the black vote is going to follow someone like Gavin Newsom with Kamala Harris in the way. So you think, do you think Biden has the best chance of beating Trump, I guess, compared to Kamala Harris or Gavin Newsom? Procedurally, it has to be Biden. And if it's not Biden, it's got to be Harris. Harris can't be skipped over. There's no cutting out the black female to replace her with the white guy from California. What about the speculation you hear about Biden being replaced? The only person who could replace Biden would be Harris. It would cause a conflagration inside of the Democratic coalition for it to be anyone other than Kamala Harris. She's not going to be skipped over. There's no reason. There's no pretense for it. Not a pretense that they're going to sign on to like there is with the senility of Biden. There's nothing comparable to to Harris. Yeah, she's shrieky and she doesn't have a lot of charisma and... She's not a very good contemporaneous speaker, but those aren't reasons officially that they can throw her under the bus. She's young. She's she's healthy. So then why not just put in Harris? B- 
because Biden does much better against Trump than Harris does. Current polling has Biden losing to Trump by 3.1 points. It has Harris losing to Trump by a staggering 8.5 points. So it can only be Biden or Harris, and it can't be Harris. Therefore, it's going to be Biden. Well, you're listening to the Reality Taboo podcast. Uh, Let's transition here. Um, You're saying that it's very clear that Trump's going to be the GOP nominee. If that's the case, doesn't this whole GOP debate nomination debacle seem pointless? The polling says that he's going to be the nominee. I, I would not. I, I don't necessarily think that he will be. I think that's one of the points that we alluded to earlier. That one of the pressure points where he might be removed is before the Republican nomination is actually confirmed, and so we can look at those debates as a sort of audition for who might potentially replace him if he is knocked out. And so uh, initially the thought was, well, DeSantis would be the natural number two because he was a Trump ally. He was more or less cut from the same cloth. He was a little more rigorous executively. He had a little bit more gravitas. He was a little bit less embarrassing to support if you were a middle-class professional. But his campaign has been just an utter train wreck. I mean, he has gotten almost no traction at all and all the attention he has received has been negative and so the question goes to some of the other candidates chris christie is there to sell books and to show to anyone who might be willing to purchase him that he is on board for whatever he needs to do uh who for whoever is willing to pay him to do it chris christie is open for business (laughs) uh Nikki Haley has now stepped in as the, I suppose, more aesthetically pleasing, or at least that's what the boomers think, uh, version of Ron DeSantis, maybe a little bit more charismatic, definitely more, even more of a whore who's willing to do and say whatever she's paid to say, uh, but in an executive role as opposed to an, an administrative assistant role like somebody like Chris Christie. Personally, the only interesting candidate in my eyes is Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, I was really impressed with this guy on an intellectual level when... He started making the rounds on a lot of the podcasts, the alternative podcast circuit. I remember distinctly thinking, man, this guy, I disagree with almost nothing that he's saying. And so consequently, I know it's just a matter of time before he plummets in the polls. Because at the, at the time, he was running at like 12, 15% in the polls. And some of the polls had him second place among uh, everyone who wasn't Trump. He was even ahead of DeSantis, way ahead of Nikki Haley. And despite the fact that a lot of the uh, the viral moments from these otherwise meaningless Republican presidential debates have been his, he has just sunk and sunk and sunk down to where he is now neck and neck with Christie. The latest Republican nomination poll had him at three three percent. Um, I think he is serious. There's a lot of discussion. Is this guy serious? Does he have an economic forum in his background? The way he made his hundreds of millions or even billions of dollars in the pharmaceutical industry, was that fraudulent? 
but one thing that, that has stuck out to me is that on the campaign, since the beginning, as he's been crisscrossing the country, he's had his family with him, which indicates to me that he's serious about it, uh, because having family members close by is a way to protect them, to a way, a way to avoid the, the JFKing or the blackmail or anything else that might otherwise happen. So I think he's serious about it. I don't know what else he would have to gain from it. A position and secretary of X, Y, or Z uh, doesn't seem to be something that's going to entice a, a billionaire to, to go through all of this, to have his name dragged through the mud and to be considered a Trump apologist or a white supremacist as he's been accused of being. Uh, so I think he's the most interesting one here, but unfortunately, from my perspective, the Republican voters do not see it the same way. This might be one of those instances where Trump's vanity will be the saving grace because while all of the other potential candidates have distanced themselves from Trump, attacked Trump, uh, Ramaswamy has not, and so uh, I'm not only the Republican debates for the uh, second-tier candidates, for, uh, an audition for the potential people who will step in if Trump's knocked out, it also has to be looked at as like uh, auditions for cabinet positions, uh, specifically for the vice presidential nomination. And so maybe Trump's vanity there will end up with him tagging Ramaswamy for the VP spot I think that would be ideal. Uh, Trump would be able to do the media appearances and then delegate the unfun work of actually executing his campaign to Ramaswamy. All right, Ness, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who is Trump's vice president going to be? I hope it's going to be Ramaswamy, but I don't think it's going to be for the same reasons I talked about earlier. The fact that I hope it's going to be Ramaswamy means it won't be Ramaswamy. The betting markets say it's Christy Noem, the governor from uh, which Dakota? South Dakota, I believe. Maybe. Uh, but I'm going to take the relatively safe pick and say it's going to be Tim Scott. An offensive black guy who hasn't said anything insulting about Trump. So a black guy Trump can live with. Yep. But you're not just going to put me on the spot, Jeff. What do you think? Don Jr. Who else? <laughs> Don Jr. So we're going to have like a cesarean thing going? Exactly. That's what they say. He's saying Trump's a dictator, so Trump yeah. Jr. Lean into it. Yep. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's our episode. Um, thanks for listening. If you... Um, if you like this or know someone who would, please like, subscribe, share, you know the thing. A few other things to hit briefly before we close out completely. When RFK dropped out of the Democratic presidential nomination contest and declared that he was going to run independent, there were a lot of people who were thinking that that would hurt Trump more than it would hurt Biden. The first poll that came out three or four days after he dropped out, seemed to indicate that might be the case, but subsequent polling, every single poll I've seen in the last two plus months has shown that Trump's lead increases when Kennedy is added to the equation. Why initially did RFK running as an independent seem like it was going to uh, hurt Trump? 
I think there was some wishful thinking among DeSantis supporters, people who were looking for any information that they might be able to use to, to take Trump down a peg. Uh, more charitably, for those people who were anti-COVIDians in a race between Biden and Trump, Trump obviously wasn't good on COVID, but compared to Biden, he was better. So if COVID and the, the vaccine state, the medical industrial state is your big issue, then Trump's still better than Biden. But if you have the opportunity to go with RFK over Trump or Biden, you're going to go that direction. So I think that, that more charitably might be why the assumption was that the entry of RFK running independent would help Biden more than it helped Trump. And Trump seems to, Trump's been playing this delicate game where he tries to still present himself as anti-vax, anti-lockdown, but at the same time, he, he still wants credit for Operation Warp Speed. All right, anyway, so why do you think now the polling showing that RFK running as an independent is actually going to help Trump? Yeah, I may not have noted it, but the polling shows now with the inclusion of Kennedy that Trump's winning by over six points. Uh, when it's just Trump versus Biden head-to-head, it's a 3.1% edge for Trump. So it's an extra three-plus points with Kennedy in the race. Uh, I would attribute it probably to uh, just legacy partisan affiliation, the Kennedy name, the uh, low-information voters, the kind of people who always vote Democrat but don't really follow politics, maybe vote only every four years or so, are not very impressed by the little bit that they do see of Biden. Uh, They see a Kennedy as an option instead, and so they go that direction. Uh, Whereas Trump supporters are Trump diehards and even though maybe they like Kennedy more on the backs, there's so many other issues that Kennedy's come. Yeah, there's so many other issues that Kennedy's just a standard issue leftist on. And while we're calling out the competition, uh, a few weeks ago, Dave Smith had a solo episode for part of the problem where he asserted that Ramaswamy was positioning himself to be the guy that Trump supporters would go to if Trump was removed from the running. And that has a certain intellectual plausibility, but it doesn't manifest in the polls at all. YouGov had a poll this week asking Republican presidential primary voters who their second choice would be. And DeSantis has 30%, whereas Ramaswamy only has 8%. And if you look at people who voted for Trump in 2020... Ron DeSantis gets 35% of those voters, and Ramaswamy only gets 10%, so the black pilling on Vivek's electoral chances continues. And finally, we mentioned the final results of 2016 and 2020 compared to polling, uh, the polling average leading up to uh, the 2016 election day and 2020 election day. But the polling, uh, we can also look at polling at the same point in time in the 2016 presidential campaign and the 2020 presidential campaign. So if we look at that, um, in 2015, December of mid December of 2015, Hillary Clinton was was leading the polls by 5.8 points, and in December mid December of 2019, Biden was winning by 5.2 points, uh, and Trump's up by 3.1. So there isn't precedent for Trump having some early lead in the polling that dissipates as election day gets closer in 2016 and in 2020. The polling indicated that uh, Clinton and and Biden were going to win comfortably, and in the popular vote, they did win comfortably both in 2016 and and 2020, and 
this time around, it does not appear that uh, the Democrats are going to be able to win the popular vote, at least according to the polling that we have now. All right, we'll talk to you later.